This is Mike Jones with the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. The city of Bentonville has a special bond election on April 13th where residents will be asked to extend a one cent city sales tax to uh, for $266 million in bond improvements. Included in that is the uh, the biggest chunk of the project, $173.5 million in street improvements. With me today is Dennis Burge, uh, City Transportation Director, to talk about some of the projects uh, on that list for street improvements. Dennis, thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you, sir, for having me. Well, glad to speak about this. Want to want to get the, all the information out that we can. Sure, sure. If you would kind of go over uh, just how 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 the, how the project kind of come together, how the how these different uh, street improvements were selected, and uh, and just what it looks like going forward. Well, what we did uh, approximately a year ago, maybe a little more than a year ago, we started uh, a study to update our master street plan. Mm -hmm. With our master street plan, we wanted to identify some projects, which is a normal process. Uh, and the last time we did that was in 2007, 8-ish, somewhere in there. Um, and so we, we knew that it was time to update. There's been a lot of change in Bentonville since 2007. We, we knew that. Um, there's, there's a lot more traffic than what it was then, of course. So we needed to identify um, those areas of needed improvement. Um, and we also needed to update our master street plan map as the city has grown and the limits have expanded. Uh, so we, we wanted to tackle all of that at once. Uh, we went out and hired uh, Garver engineers to um, conduct this study, collect data. Uh, they went out and collected traffic data, they, uh, traffic counts, crash data uh, at, at intersections on all the different streets. Uh, they compiled that into some maps we put that in front of the public in some of our public meetings and we collected public comments about where they thought the the worst traffic was at or or where they thought the most connection was needed that wasn't there now mm -hmm. and we compiled all of these different items and and from that we we collected a list of projects um, with that list of projects we put together a steering committee and that steering committee prioritized our projects um, with a with a, uh, a base uh, equation kind of that we set up where, where it took in safety, congestion, bike and ped needs, uh, economic development needs, um, all, all of the different traffic needs that are there in it as well. And it, and it ranked uh, each project. Uh, and, and as those rankings came out, uh, we came up with 10 collector mm -hmm. projects, 10 arterial road projects, and 10 or 15 intersection projects. Um, and then that is what you'll see on this BentonvilleBond.com website is you'll see those projects uh, listed on there. I think we actually wound up listing uh, 33 projects, not 35 projects. Sure. Um, but yeah, that's that's how that's how the whole last year has gone is developing that feedback from the public, uh, mm -hmm. that data that we collected, into uh, compiling it into one spot, one location, developing these uh, projects, and and now we're here to this point where we're we're ready to ask for the bond extension and be able to tackle some of these projects. When you talk with residents, or when residents maybe call the city, is traffic the biggest uh why can't i get to a to b or why you know why does c not work i mean it, are, are, it is, is just the general traffic congestion 
one of the biggest complaints that you hear from residents? Traffic congestion is definitely a big one. Uh, connection is the other part of it as well. Depending on which part of town you're in, we have, we're set up uh, uh, so different from downtown to say the southwest portion. Uh, in the downtown areas you have a lot of, uh, you have the traffic there, uh, but you also have a lot of pedestrian traffic as mm -hmm. well. And so you got to be able to uh, have a facility that will function properly for both of those. As you move out toward the southwest, uh, you have you have more vehicle traffic and more connection needs that are there, uh, as, as well as even in the northeast on that area of it. Uh, so depending on which area, to, depends on the type of complaints we, we hear uh, on traffic. We always hear the uh, signal complaints. There are uh, wait times that signals seem, at times people don't like those, depending on the corridor you're at. Um, and there's usually uh, a reason behind why those wait times are there based mm -hmm. on other traffic coming in from our other uh, sections of roadway there. But uh, we always go out and study those yearly. We study those and we try to improve that. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, those are some of the larger uh, complaints that we come, come What across. are some of the, where are some of the areas in the city where you kind of have those problems with congestion or you have those problems with maybe uh, cars backing up in the queue to, to go, mm -hmm. uh, I, and there's there's probably several of them. But what are yeah. what are a few of the of the main ones where where uh, there's just huge traffic problems? Yep. Yeah. So you're going to see that uh, definitely on the main corridors. On uh, oh, you'll see that along Walton. You'll see mm -hmm. that at Rainbow Curve. You'll see that at at the intersection of Walton and Southwest Fourteenth or Walton and One Hundred Two, whatever mm -hmm. you want to recognize that as. Uh, another large area that you'll see that backs up uh, would be at Highway 12, Highway 112 here, which is Southwest Regional Boulevard or Southwest I intersection, mm -hmm. we would call it. Um, those are, they are just functioning kind of at capacity right now. And when mm -hmm. we look at level of service, which is another thing that we studied is what our level of service is and what our level of service would be in 2040 once we increase our population. We expect our population to double mm -hmm. in size. Um, or somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, and our level of service on these intersections is already close to an F, a D or an F, uh, which is the worst level of service you can have. Still functioning, but, mm -hmm. but your wait time is way up there. And, and you, get, uh, you, you get kind of discouraged waiting at those level of service intersections. Um, so our goal is to hopefully improve those intersections um, and, they, and they are at capacity. So the, the only way, you, some of these, the only way you can improve them is either find new routes or go in and increase the size of the intersection with some right turn lanes, right turn onlys, or make sure it has left turn onlys. Maybe it needs another left turn only, depending on what the movement of traffic calls for at those intersections. But that, that's what we're looking at at those. On the intersection improvement list, I, I noticed that Walton Boulevard is mentioned in several of those intersection improvements. I know people look at the, the, the two vital thoroughways through Bentonville are Walton Boulevard and probably Southwest 14th Street as far as moving traffic. I mean, how important is it to, to, to have so many of those projects, intersection projects related to Walton Boulevard? Yeah, those are our arterial sections. So those, those are where the life of the city is running through mm -hmm. from north to south, from east to west. Those are our big corridors there mm -hmm. that uh, carry the most of the traffic. If you're, uh, just from my memory here, if you're going south on Walton, you start at the north end of the town, you're, you're picking up approximately 20,000 cars a day. Mm -hmm. uh, by the time you get to the, to the south end where it connects to I-49, you're, you're probably 30,000 or even over that on cars per day. 
so there's a lot of traffic. Same thing for 102 as you move from the east to the, mm -hmm. or from the west to the east, and you're picking up more traffic as you get to I-49, of course. Uh, all of these uh, arterial sections are dumping into the interstate there. So um, definitely those are our biggest routes and most traffic, and so that's where we see the most congestion, of mm -hmm. course. Um, back in January when uh, the bond issue was first proposed uh, and you spoke at, uh, uh, at the Committee of the Whole meeting, uh, you used um, Rainbow Curve as an inter as a example that showed kind of here's where the traffic is now and here's where the traffic counts could be in, you know, by 2040. Talk a little bit about Rainbow Curve because that's an in, that's an interesting intersection because it's it's on a curve. Yep. Uh, you're, sometimes that left turn lane, as you'd be, uh, you know, to head that way if you're if you're going north on Walton Bull or if you're going north on Walton, you want to make that left turn there. You know, you're on that curve. You have traffic that's shooting on to Walton Boulevard. The, that is kind of coming at a blind angle. That's where the curve's coming the other direction. Uh, I know that's an ins uh, I know that's an area where there's a lot of accidents at, mm -hmm. but it's also an area the, that I think you illustrated just kind of where the growth's going to be at as well. Talk about Rainbow Curve as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, that's that definitely is our most accident-prone intersection because of the geometry of it. Mm -hmm. you, you typically uh, would not design if you were designing today an intersection mm -hmm. of that size in the middle of a curve, but it's sure. kind of developed that way over time as mm -hmm. the city has developed. Sure, and, uh, it's it's become that what it is. So we're looking at improvements for that be because it is definitely our number one intersection uh, as far as when we did our crash studies, and we were looking at uh, what we call K crashes or serious sure. crashes, um, and that one ranked the highest. Uh, also, when we put it out for public comment. Uh, as we brought in all the public comments and we kind of created a heat map, that was definitely the hottest spot of collecting comments was improvements needed at Rainbow Curve. Um, and you're right that that left turn lane backs up quite a ways and it creates issues for other intersections mm -hmm. uh, back to the south on North Walton or or uh, actually it runs east-west through there, but it, you're, you're correct, it's called north or south there. Sure. Um, so as you go back to the south, it creates other intersection problems. So uh, that quickly rose to the top of our list was Rainbow Curve and, and there's there's major improvements that would have to be done to that to to do that. But we're looking at those major improvements with this bond extension and have so so looking at the plans that are online, you're looking at a flyover mm -hmm. there where the left turn lane would be, would be a flyover, is that correct? That's yep, that's one of the and keep in mind these are concept plans. Yeah. Uh, we haven't uh, dug into these Sure. Um, we haven't looked at all the issues that could come up and, and maybe something has to be redesigned, but uh, we had our engineers go and give us a couple of options of what improvements could be made. And this was the one that fit that area the best and gave us the most improvement in level of service mm -hmm. uh, based on those 2040 numbers that you were talking about, uh, traffic numbers. So that, that was the one that rose to the top of that was doing a flyover for that left turn. So no longer would you have to get in the left turn lane and wait. Just go, you would just go straight you over. Just kind of like exiting off of an interstate. You sure. would just okay. kick off to the right lane and go over, up mm -hmm. and open. And, and that would probably like you say, help alleviate the traffic further south as you mm -hmm. head towards J Street? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that would help our improvements as you go back as south as, or improve our intersections. Okay. Um, because what happens is right now, of course, everybody knows that drives out there is, is that traffic, that left turn traffic backs up so far that it kind of clogs the other intersections. And your, your left turn movement is almost unavailable at that time. Mm -hmm. um, is uh, not very safe if you're making left turn movements out of the other intersections anyway. So you're, you're sure. basically doing some right turns through there. Sure, sure. You know, I, I had 
uh, kind of going back to Walton Boulevard, uh, I had someone tell me that, uh, you know, the, the problem with Walton Boulevard is if you're trying to make a left-hand turn out of anywhere where there's not a light, yeah. Yeah. You know, and there's and it's probably that way on one on Southwest 14th Street and a lot of different places where it's hard to make a left hand turn yeah. across three lanes to get in, you know, mm -hmm. to get into to get into that uh, that lane to, to get to get yep. going. And that's always been an issue there with Walton at, at certain times of the day. We're very um, I would say we're fortunate and and I always like to look at it from that way of it. Uh, but we have a population we estimate to be somewhere around 50 to 55,000. Mm. Um, as we take traffic counts, we have traffic uh, that increases in the mornings and in the evenings as people drive to work and from work. It, our traffic actually will um, almost double in size uh, during the day as what it does in the nighttime based on our, our population. Mm. Uh, so we're getting a lot of incoming traffic to Bentonville that we're trying to prepare for um, and so as you drive Walton if you're in that morning traffic then yeah left-hand turns are almost impossible and you're and and you're trying to fit in those gaps that our mm -hmm. signals are creating uh, if you're midday or mid-afternoon you're probably thinking well this is just fine I can turn left easily but when it comes back around to the four o'clock five o'clock area then that's mm -hmm. That's when you have the issues again, and I say we're fortunate because uh, we're we can pattern our traffic pretty well based off of that, and mm -hmm. we can coordinate our signals uh, pretty well based off of that. Uh, so you you're either you're either in a situation where you have traffic just sporadically here and there, and it's really hard to coordinate for, or you're in the situation where we're at where we we know we're going to have it in the morning pretty heavy, we're going to have some at lunch, and we know we're going to have it uh, pretty heavy in the evenings, and so we. We thought we had that down pretty pretty good, and then COVID hit, and it changes all that. But so, yeah. so we're starting to get back to the normalcy sure. on some of that now. Yeah, uh, you mentioned that in your presentation. How, how much has the traffic slowed down from when COVID hit, say last March, through right now? Mm -hmm. I, is, has it been a roughly fifty percent reduction in traffic, or has it been a little bit more than that, or a little bit less than that? Yeah, from what we saw, we never hit uh, as much as fifty percent when uh, back in let's see, what was that, April of last year, when it was really things were starting to shut down mm -hmm. and people were staying home. We saw close to a 40 percent reduction in mm -hmm. traffic. As the months went by, it's creeped back up. We're we're almost uh, we're almost back, back to our to capacity now of sure. what we have been before. Of course, this week is spring break, so you won't see that. But yeah, uh, that's we're we're creeping back up to normal. You hear uh, from residents, you hear a lot of, well, why don't they just build more roads? Mm -hmm. Which is not really feasible in, in 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 any shape or form because of cost and things like that. But but can you? By adding, let's say, a, an, a longer left-hand turn lane or a longer right-hand turn lane, can those help with, with traffic areas? I, I know it's not a city project, but I, I look at Interstate 49 and the right or the exit lane that they made at the community college exit. Mm -hmm. Whereas before that Walmart traffic used to just get off the yeah. side of the road and wait till the light changed. Now they have that long right-hand turn lane all the way to the intersection. Yeah. Are, are, are there things like that that can help alleviate traffic or move traffic along better? Absolutely, yeah, we've, we can, uh, if you get your right turners out of the through traffic and it's not backing up into the through traffic, uh, then you're definitely moving your through traffic better. Uh, and that's one of the reasons for making those right turn movements or uh, lanes longer mm -hmm. is so that that queue length is not backing up into your through traffic. 
Uh, and then the other uh, benefit you get from that is you're able to uh, time your signals better mm -hmm. uh, as that traffic backs up and gets into the through lane where your your signals are, are thinking your through traffic is done there and, and we're starting to cycle through to uh, different movements. But uh, as you get that right turn traffic out and the through lanes are moving like they should be, then the signals are picking up and adjusting to that. So it's, uh, it's multiple benefits of getting them over there in the right turn lanes. It seems like um, uh, in, in the intersection improvements, one is Walton Boulevard and the Walmart uh, entrance mm -hmm. way mm -hmm. at 406 South Walton Boulevard, and then further down yep. uh, uh, with Walton and Central. And it seems like there's you know, there, there's that clog of traffic right between those two lights. How how will mm -hmm. those improvements help that help that area? Definitely some signal improvements that we can make to uh, the. Walmart entrance mm -hmm. and Walton intersection that you're talking about referring to there. Um, that's one of our, our signals that we've identified that need improvements. There's things with uh, there's things such as the left turn arrows and things that we can mm -hmm. add in there. And once you add that in, it affects your signal back at Walton and Central. It'll mm -hmm. make it'll improve that as well. Um, and we're going to go ahead and do some of those uh now mm -hmm. uh some of the signal improvements to try to get a head start on benefiting that mm -hmm. um, but then the uh the other thing you look at is again those left turn movements right turn movements and what's needed for coming in and out of there now that um, um, we had this study done we know some more about the traffic and and the different movements of the traffic in that area so we can analyze that and see what improvements we need for that area sure um, as far as costs um, i guess the j street improvements uh, Tiger Overpass and um, the Greenhouse Road, which is a, a three-part project, are, are the most expensive. If you would kind of go over each one of those and just kind of describe what 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 the plans are, starting with uh, J Street. Yeah, J Street Interchange is one that's been on our. Um, it has been on our master street plan uh, since 2007 when it was put out there. It was actually. Uh, we had at that time we had a 10-year improvement uh, plan, and it was one of the projects listed on that. Um, at that time in 2007, uh, the as the prices increased, you know, mm -hmm. due to uh, just the increase over the years of what it comes to be uh, cost of cost of living and all that good thing mm -hmm. kicks the prices up. So uh, as we tackled all the other projects in the past, that one was we such a large project was not able to get to it. Uh, this time, what we did a little differently is whenever we did our estimating of our cost, we added in what we think it'll cost to have a project design, what we think it'll cost to purchase right-of-way if needed, move utilities, all of those things that um, sometimes is not taken into account. You, usually you'll see uh, just a construction cost, um, and the construction cost doesn't, just, doesn't cover it at all. These days, as much as land prices are, sometimes your right-of-way cost is as much as it costs to construct something. Mm -hmm. uh, so we wanted to make sure we at least had an estimate of what those costs would be. And so we're hoping that helps us get the J Street interchange um, done with this bond extension. And what that would allow is a connection from I-49. Uh, right now we're looking at a connection from I-49 south to J Street. Uh, so you've got uh, Crystal Bridges on that side, you've got the new Walmart home office on that side. Uh, the more entrances and exits we can get to I-49 I think are going to be beneficial to our traffic given outlets and inlets to those areas that people are really coming in to see. Mm -hmm. uh, so th that one rose to the top. Uh, what was the next one? On your uh, list there? Uh, Tiger Boulevard Tiger overpass. Boule yeah, oh yeah, Tiger Boulevard overpass. Um, so right now, but 
as I-49 is, it collects all of our traffic. Um, we There's not a lot of places to get across I-49 mm-hmm. uh, if you're just going from one side of the city to the other, which we do span across I-49 in that area. So that, that became a um, very needed project to us. Um, for for that reason of being able to connect to that east side over there and we think we think it's a good economic development uh, benefit to that as well um, as and there's a bike and ped benefit to that because what we're looking at is an overpass that would also have a um, a side area that would carry pedestrian traffic uh, separate from roadway traffic so lots of benefits to that overpass i think now, now that that is not that is an overpass only not on and off ramps um, yeah so it would just get us from one side to the other sure and then you know greenhouse road you know that's a that's a connector that people use to uh you yeah. know to cut over to highway 12 to, to head out towards the airport uh, I, probably a lot of people don't know that's even in the city limits yeah i, yeah. I think a lot of people maybe think it's either in the county or it belongs to centerton yeah but that is a it's a narrow stretch of road it's, you know, it, it, and there's some portions of it that are even more narrow than, than uh-huh. other portions. Uh, to talk about, I, I see that the, the, there's three different uh, sections mm-hmm. that will be improved in that. Yeah, we broke that down to three projects. And, and also the, the people that think that's in Centerton or in County or in Bentonville, they're all three correct. <laughs> it, <laughs> there are portions is, of each yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> there are portions of Greenhouse that are in each one of those. Um, and so what we've done is we've partnered with Centerton, mm-hmm. um, and the county has uh, small pockets here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, so Centerton and ben- Bentonville have partnered together, um, applied for a grant uh, through Northwest Arkansas Regional Planning Commission, mm-hmm. uh, STPA grant, and, and we've received the grant for the design to move forward with the design of that project. Um, and so through our partnerships, we're gonna, we're gonna get a design done for that. Uh, by grant and we have uh, these three projects listed once we get it designed uh, we'll want to go to construction and it'll and it'll be a partnership with Centerton as well on that part of it uh, which they've they've made a commitment to to try to follow this through as well as we have uh, because of the need for that roadway to be improved I mean you know if you drive through there now you have some in places you have pretty steep ditches right off the edge of the road there's no shoulder um, there's right-of-way there uh, as as newer uh, subdivisions have developed and been required to donate the right-of-way to the cities there's in places there's right-of-way in places there's not uh, so the, you need we would need to go through get right-of-way cleaned up we would we would need to move whatever utilities needed to be moved there's some large utility lines electric lines through there that maybe we won't be able to move we'll have to work around uh, mm-hmm. we'll address that in the design but it just was such a long project and uh, such a uh, expensive project that we did split it up into three different phases uh, to look at. And I know Greenhouse Road has been, and some people, a lot of people who have been around here a long time would remember that at Southwest 14th Street or East Centerton Boulevard, depending on you know mm-hmm. what you're what you're looking at there. Mm-hmm. At one time there were no stoplights, mm-hmm. and back towards Highway when you got to the intersection with Highway 12. There were no stoplights, but now you have stoplights and you have left turn lanes on both ends as well. So there have been improvements that have been made on Greenhouse Road. Yeah, yeah. There's been some to the intersections on each end. Definitely, there's been improvements to it, and and there's been overlays and things like that, but not not major improvements of this size. This this one of the most important things about a bond extension to me is being able to tackle these projects because our our street fund that we have uh it's just not able to even tackle one of these projects with our yearly budget that Mm. we have 
we we depend highly on the on the bond fund to be able to tackle these size projects. Sure. Uh, that all of these will, and most of these are in the seven to eight million dollar range. Oh yeah. Uh, and and lot you know the interchange project is I can't remember what we even had on that, but I, I would say it's over thirty million. It's about like thirty two million. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking it was somewhere in that area. So it's those are very very large projects uh, that we. We will depend on uh, a, a bond extension to be able to tackle, as well as we'll seek out grants. Uh, we're we're going to use the funds as wisely as we can for the citizens, for sure. So that's what we always attempt to do. But uh, grants is one of the ways that we attempt to do that. We we try to get all the grant uh, mm -hmm. availability that we can. We'll apply for we'll apply for way more than we get, but we'll sure. apply for them anyway. Yeah. So um, looking at um, just uh, talk about how the how the master street plan works with the bike and pedestrian plan. I know the master street plan the city council approved in January. The bike and ped plan is is uh, for approval next uh, next Tuesday. Uh, I, I know Dennis uh, David Wright with Parks and Rec had talked about how you know the two documents you could kind of lay them over each other in some places and they really work together. I mean, talk about how how important it is to have those two documents working together. Yeah, for us in the way our city's moving, the direction our city's moving in, especially in the downtown area where you have the the most of the bike and ped movements in that area, um, and then you you take into account um, how the mountain biking has transitioned and and these different uh, areas of entrance and exits and parking areas for those. Uh, the bike and ped, ped plan looked at that, and it and it connected all of these routes. Um, and so what we did is we took that bike and ped plan and we did overlay it onto mm -hmm. our master street plan. And we realized that, you know, our master street plan, we were mainly focused on traffic and we're mainly focused on moving the traffic uh, through from one place to another. Um, what we realized was that some of these areas, the, the bike and ped plan will be directing their pedestrian traffic along some of these same corridors. Mm -hmm. um, we wanted to be... Uh, proactive in trying to find a route to separate these two uh, movements um, and make it safe for all users along the facility instead of what I have the hardest time doing now is trying to come back and make something fit both ped movements, bike movements, and traffic movements mm -hmm. with the given right-of-way that we have. That's so difficult right now, and you wind up sometimes on smaller roads, you wind up intermingling all three of these and you know, out into the pavement section, which is not ideal. Uh, there are some things that we can do to make that work, uh, but as we took this approach, we wanted to hopefully keep them separated, make sure we had enough right-of-way called out to be able to do that. Uh, so we gave the Planning Commission uh, options of different typical sections. Uh, so if you're in an area, you look at the bike and ped plan and it shows a bike and ped route, there's typical sections of roadway that shows uh, a bicycle path mm -hmm. uh, next to the road or, um, or larger sidewalks if needed uh, next to the road. So they have that option of choosing which one that route would, would require. Mm -hmm. um, and the bond improvements, uh, I, I know a lot of... Uh, a lot of residents are concerned about sidewalks. Do, do, the, with the bond improvements, the projects, will most of those include sidewalk improvements as well? Any street project that we do, yes. Uh, our, our code requires us to build sidewalk, okay. um, and we'll build sidewalk on both sides of the road. Um, if we have some sort of utility issue, something that we just cannot get around, um, then we may you may only see it on one side of the road, but 
uh, our our goal going into this is to build sidewalk on both sides of the road. Okay. Uh, um, I know it's not part of the of the bond project, but if you would, I, if uh, I'm, I'm sure people are interested, I, what is the pro, what is the status of Eighth Street and the widening of Eighth Street? Yeah. So, well, when you say Eighth Street, it, it, there are multiple projects there that come to mind for me for Eighth mm-hmm. Street. One is we phased out Water Tower Road on mm-hmm. the east side of I-49, mm-hmm. uh, and Phase One is basically the Eighth Street connection. Okay. So, and that project just went out to bid. Bids were awarded by City Council um, and accepted. So. We're in the process of setting up a pre-construction conference and getting that company to work on constructing that side. Uh, so 8th Street will be tied in from the interchange to uh, Water Tower Road. And, uh, and that project will take approximately a year, year and a half to complete uh, construction once we get it started. So that side of 8th Street is the one that uh, we've most recent information about you're probably more interested in the other side of 8th Street that's that's, uh, uh, has been going on for a little while now but uh, we had uh, definitely had uh, major work to create the interchange Mm -hmm. um, which RDOT guided that Mm -hmm. Uh, the city was involved with that as well receiving a grant to help pay for some of that Um, and that extended 8th Street from the interchange to Moberly Mm -hmm. Uh, and then the city has been working on a design to construct uh, from Moberly West all the way to Southwest Eye, right across Walton to Southwest Eye. Mm-hmm. Um, and that section, a piece of that uh, from Moberly to J Street uh, is now being constructed with the Walmart Home Office campus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that piece is being done there. So our, our parameters change from J to Southwest I. Uh, we had the design uh, close to being complete and we recognized the, the need for that bike and ped movement was going to increase based on development that was coming through there. It was going to majorly increase in our opinion, uh, something that we needed to address before going to construction. Um, we, did, we did go ahead and get all the right-of-way acquired. We got all the utilities moved. Uh, so you'll see the utilities move back now. Uh, since we had all that right away already acquired, mm-hmm. when we went to do a redesign to accommodate more uh, more of the bike and ped movements for this facility, then uh, we we had the challenge of fitting it within that right away that we already had. So we've been working through that design. We are back to a ninety percent complete uh, design phase uh, okay. on that. So we're cleaning up a few things now, um, and we'll address. Uh, uh, the funding and when to go um, advertise for bids on that one, and I'm and I'm hopeful that we start advertising for bids uh, at the earliest we'll be able to do that. Based on where we're at with the design now, would probably be midsummer, sometime okay. in midsummer. Uh, that's if everything falls into place just right. Uh, those things always move around, so I'm kind of hesitant to throw out a timeline. But mm-hmm. but uh, at the earliest, if everything falls into place, I would see midsummer advertising that for bid. Of course, that's always like a two-month process, mm-hmm. uh, getting bids back and approved by city council, uh, making sure the funding's there and being able to move forward after that. So we're, we are closer than we've ever been. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, and I know that's been a project that has been going, going for years. And, and I know that's one of our, uh, one of our streets that uh, has had 
many, many street cuts with all the utility works, and it's one of the roughest rides through the town that we have right now. So uh, I, I definitely receive a lot of complaints about that, and I'm, I am ready and excited about construction on that one. So we're, <laughs> we're ready for it to go. All right. Well, one last question, Dennis, and I'll, and I'll let you go today. Just overall, if you would, just uh, with, the, with the projects that are on the list, just how big this could be. For, it's not going to fix every traffic problem. I, I think we can probably agree on that. Yeah. But it, you know, looking towards 2040, how big is this whole bond issue to to bring some relief? Right. Yeah. As you look at uh, it's hu it's huge in my opinion. Uh, and I'm looking at this daily. Uh, the number of traffic that we have coming in, the issues that we have, and I'm hearing the complaints that are coming in uh, about traffic that we have in Bentonville and and majorly huge to me uh, in getting some of these fixes done. And it kind of shines out if you look at what all the data that was put together, all the comments that were put together, um, and you apply that level of service map to the city. Mm. And it shows reds and oranges where your your level of service is getting down to the D and an F mm -hmm. range. Uh, and we have some of that right now in some of the areas that we mentioned early and some of those intersections that were had the most traffic, we have that. But when you apply the expected growth and the number of expected traffic for 2040 to that, you really see that a large part of the city turns orange and red with the level of service mm -hmm. way down in the DNF range, if we did nothing. yep. Uh, and so hopefully this passes and we get to address those issues and our goal is to improve some of the issues we have now, but also set us up to have a level of service that's that allows us to function all the way through to 2040. And you're right, there are, there are more projects out there. We identified more projects than we have listed on the, on the website, but uh, those are the ones that rose to the top and that we think will make the biggest impact. And, and we, we would really like to get as many of them done as early as we can in this process, uh, but just uh, it, it will just take some time for us to be able to get all of those projects kicked off uh, once, once this passes. All right. Well, Dennis, I appreciate you joining me today. Yes, sir. Thank, Thank you for you. having me. This is Mike Jones with the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Look for the Bond story in Sunday's edition.